Welcome to the Colts Free Agent Preview Podcast, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. Now, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, from the Indiana <laughs> Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. See, Billy's over there laughing because we actually already did this. We just forgot to hit the record button, so we're back. We're better than ever, and we are here on the Free Agent Preview Podcast here on the Colts Audio Network. If you only heard the other five minutes before we actually started talking here, you'd get a good kick out of it here. We're inside the Indiana Construction Industry Radio Studio. Say hello to J.J. Stangovitz. Say hello to Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. Guys, how are we doing today on the offseason? Doing well. Kind of relaxed right now and kind of kept up, caught up on some rest and uh, ready to go. You do look rested. Not that you didn't before, Bill, but you no, look great. No, I don't know if I look great, but I, I'm, I'm well rested right now uh, from the season and ready to go. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're starting this with Michael Pittman Jr., Indeed. right, Mate? Indeed. Not only because he's the most notable member of this free agency class for the Colts, but because starting on February 20th through March 5th, the Colts could use the franchise tag yep. on Michael Pittman, which we we're going to get into on this podcast. But we had to get this one out first, just so in case we got to February 20th, uh, and this entire podcast could be rendered completely <laughs> meaningless. So we got to get it out now where we can talk about it. Yeah, no wasted content here on the Colts Audio Network, that's for sure. Uh, okay, so Michael Pittman Jr., uh, as we said, the focus of today's first installment of the Free Agency Preview Podcast. The Colts have 13 unrestricted free agents heading into the start of the new league year, which starts on March 13th. But before we get into Pittman, let's talk big picture just for a second because, Bill, there's some heavy hitters within this uh, free agency class, if you will, for the Colts. Pittman, your leading receiver by a wide margin, uh, your backup quarterback that started 13 games and Gardner Minshew, your backup running back in Zach Moss, who actually led you in rushing last year. Uh, then on defense, your starter at nickel, Kenny Moore, one of the best players at his position in the NFL. Your starting safety, uh, strong safety in Julian Blackman. Your stud nose tackle in Grover Stewart. Your outstanding punter in Rigoberto Sanchez. Bill, I mean, this is not your average Colts free agency list, if you will. I mean, there's some heavy hitters, a lot of firepower within this class, more so than the Colts have had in a long time. Right in the last couple of years, you've had two to three really big names. Now you got six, seven, eight, depending on how you look at this thing. Yeah, you know, you have some heavy hitters there, and not just heavy hitters to starters, but you have some big players to me, I think, that bring something to the team that aren't stars like Tyquan Lewis, mm -hmm. someone that can come in there and yeah. play in multiple positions and do different things and give you give those guys a rest up there on the defensive line. So they have some big decisions to make this year. Uh, you know, thank God I'm not Chris Ballard. You know, he has a, some good decisions, to, some big decisions to make this offseason. But it'll be interesting to see how they attack free agency, how they attack their own. Over the years, Chris Ballard has said that, you know what, we like to look at our own and reward our own uh, players that have come in here and done a good job yeah. and deserve uh, new contracts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. So over the next couple of weeks, just so our listeners know, uh, this week and next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're going to have these podcasts coming out. we got Michael Pittman today, obviously, that we're going to get into. Wednesday is Gardner Minshew. Thursday is Zach Moss. Then next week, we got Kenny Moore II, Grover Stewart, and Julian Blackman. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those are going to wrap around what we already do with the official Colts podcast on Tuesday and the last word on Friday. Indeed. All right, let's talk all things Michael Pittman Jr. The setup here just wrapped up his uh, fourth year with the Colts after being drafted in 2020. 
This past year, 2023, racked up a career-high 109 catches over 1,100 yards. He had four touchdowns. This year, he ranked fifth in catches. He was ninth in targets, became just the fourth Colt ever to post 100 catches and 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. The other players to do that, some elite company, Dallas Clark, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and through four seasons, he ranks first in catches and third in receiving yards in Indianapolis Colts history. Um, so his 109 catches last year, as we said, they were more than the Colts' next two receivers had combined. Yes, you heard that correctly. More catches last year than Josh Downs and Alec Pierce had combined. Those two guys combined for just 100 grabs on the season. JJ, I'll start with you. Does this make Pittman the Colts' most uh, prioritized, if you want to use that word correctly, prioritized free agent within this class? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair take on this, that you know, you think about if Michael Pittman Jr. were to not return, what you would need to replace. You're replacing not just those those receptions, but all the times that he was targeted. I mean, Pittman was targeted 156 times last year, and that's with him missing about a game and a half. So you think about that, that's an average of almost, what, nine targets, ten targets a game you're pushing. That is a significant amount of usage within an offense because then you even boil it down further. Okay, you have, say, 30 to 35 passing plays in a game. Now you're replacing nine or ten of those each game. Right. And you, the, the Colts like Josh Downs upside. They have not given up on Alec Pierce. They like some of the, the weapons that are in that tight end room. But that is a load you would have to find a way to replace, and you would have to replace in a hurry uh, with Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, it's difficult to replace someone that big in your offense that takes up a lot of your offense. And I think Michael Pittman is a high priority for them in regards to try to sign him, bring him back, and make sure that he's a part of this offense because not only does Michael Pittman take a lot of your so much, he took a lot of your passes last year, but he's a dependable guy. In the last three years, he's only missed two games. Right, and right. someone that's that dependable, you want, of course, to be there, and also someone that's been very consistent. So it's very important for them to find a way to, I think, that you know, to try to uh, see if they can you know, get Michael back here because if you look at also his numbers – you know, he hasn't caught less than 88 passes in the last three games. He hasn't also uh, went for anything less than 925 yards over the last three games, last three years, I should say. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And, um, you know, so he's one of your most consistent players. So you got to try to find a way to uh, to make sure that you cover that as far as that the number of passes, the number of yards that he's getting on your offense. Right. Bill, nobody knows wide receiver play better than you. When you evaluate him in free agency – when you stack him up against some of the other names that might potentially hit the open market, right? You got Mike Evans, you got Calvin Ridley, uh, Gabe Davis to a lesser extent, maybe a guy like Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. Where does Pittman stack up to those guys? Or in other words, how much how much attention do you think Michael Pittman Jr. might be getting on the open market when the time comes compared to some of those other big names within this free agency class at wide receiver? I think Mike's going to get a lot, a lot of attention this soft season. I mean, he's got to be one of the biggest names, he, right? He's up there with those guys. And now if you look at as far as from a statistical standpoint, Mike is up there with those guys of Mike Evans. He doesn't have as many – didn't have as many yards as Mike Evans and many touchdowns as Mike Evans last year, but he had more catches. Right. You know, so some of the other guys up there like Ridley and Davis and Higgins, you know, he has more receptions and yards than those guys. So he's going to be up there. And also not just that, but 
if you look at like Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd, Pitt's younger than those guys. So that plays a part mm-hmm. in it also as far as looking at, you know, how old are these guys? How much time do they have or how much tread do they have on their tires, so to speak? So that's going to be very important looking at what Michael has done and how young he is and what he's done over the last three years in the National Football League. Yeah, yeah I think it's a really good point because you look at those guys who are talking about T. Higgins is the only one who's younger. He's 25, mm-hmm. but Pitt being 26. Then you go to Calvin Ridley, who's 29. I was shocked by this. Calvin Ridley is only about a year younger than Mike Michael Evans. Evans yeah. Mike Evans is 30. Yep. Uh, Mike, just Evans has been in the league since 2014. Ridley didn't debut until 2018. Uh, age definitely a factor here because – you know, you you usually only get that maybe one shot at a, a big contract. You're lucky if you get two, right. you know, two or three more extensions like Mike Evans might be at. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, and but you look at Pittman compared to T. Higgins. That's kind of also natural because they were back to back in the 2020 draft where Higgins went 33rd, Pittman went 34th. But T. Higgins is not coming off a good season. No. 42 catches for 656 yards, five touchdowns, easily his least productive season in his career, and he missed some games, but you do have to factor that in, whereas Michael Pittman Jr. over the last couple of years has been very durable. He only, he's only missed uh, two games in the last two years, or two games in the last three years, I right. should say, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which also factors in here as well. You know, Bill, I want to go back to something you mentioned. You know, Michael Pittman Jr., compared to those other guys, he may not have as many yards, receiving yards. Mm-hmm. He's got the catches. There's no doubt about that, but Last year, he only averaged right under 11 yards per catch. So he's not the the traditional deep threat. He's not the big playmaker outside the numbers that some people peg elite wide receivers to be. With that in mind, should the Colts have a, a, a budget because he's not that deep threat guy? I mean, is he hitting free agency at a good time in terms of him being valuable to the Colts, even though he doesn't have the big yards per catch numbers because the Colts don't have to pay a quarterback big dollars because Anthony Richardson going into year number two, obviously still operating on a rookie contract? Well, I think when you look at Pitt, you have to look at the total picture here. You have to look at what Pitt brings to your team and what Pitt can do for your team. And no, he might not be the traditional deep threat, but if you look at what Pitt did in a couple of games last season against Jacksonville on the wide receiver screen, and he went down there and he scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Pitt, what he did against Cleveland, that crossing route over the middle. They, they broke a couple of tackles and, and, and scored there. And also how depend, like we talked about dependable and how they use him in clutch situations. On third down and fourth down a couple of times, they used Pitt out of the back now nah, the backfield but just going in motion and getting the ball and getting him the ball and and getting those clutch first downs or in Baltimore when he went down there and made that big catch down the field so right. you have to look at what he has done and what he brings to the team and you also have to look at his willingness to be a downfield blocker for the running game so those are a lot of things you have to look at as well as someone that understands the offense someone that knows the offense and someone that can be a person that Anthony Richardson can depend on yeah. and someone that he can go to that Anthony Richardson feels comfortable with because you have a first-round draft pick in your quarterback there. You want him to develop, right? and part of the development is putting people around him that he's comfortable with and that he can go to and pitch one of those guys. All great points, but, but J.J., at the end of the season, Chris Ballard said in his end-of-the-season press conference, like, hey, 
receivers now, it's like the uh, you know analogy. It's like the price of gas, right? If if the price of gas is four bucks, <laughs> what are you going to do? You have to have playmakers. You have to have wide receivers that can make plays that you trust in high leverage situations. You have to have those guys on your team, and when they hit free agency, and you trust that guy, as I think the Colts do here in this case with Michael Pittman Jr. To some degree, you're going to kind of have to pay whatever the going rate is based on everything that that Bill just described. Is Michael Pittman Jr. worth paying twenty plus million dollars for based on what he gives you within this offense? Well, here's here's the the part of the discussion on the deep stuff, like the deep throws that you know, like you mentioned, may take. Could, could that be something that leads the Colts to have a budget for him? I think the question there is like, is it a can't or a won't? Like. Can't, can Michael Pittman not catch balls downfield or have the Colts just not asked him to within the structure of their offense? So I went and I looked at this. <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr. in 2023 had 23 receptions on RPOs, on run pass options. That is seven more receptions than the player who had the second most total. He had 204 yards on RPOs. Only two other players had more than 100 yards on RPOs. 13 first downs on RPOs, that is seven more than the guy in second. And he had 30 targets on RPOs. The second highest total was 18. But on those RPOs, the Colts are averaging 5.5 average yards of distance right. on those throws. So those are short throws. That's what the offense was last right. year. And yeah. and Pitt talked about it. He said, yeah. if we were the best RPO offense in the NFL. That's what we had to be this year. But he talked at the end of the year about how he thinks there is that aspect of his game, that downfield aspect, that we just haven't quite seen. And if you look at 2021, was the last time the Colts had a a more consistent downfield passing offense. Now that tailed off in the second half of the season when the Colts coalesced around giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. But in 2021, Michael Pittman Jr. averaged 10.3 yards, uh, average, average depth of target. So essentially, every throw that, that was going was to Pittman, Carson wins. Yeah. Right? Yeah, averaged yeah. beyond the sticks, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, and then he was at twelve point three yards per reception that year. This year, his his numbers were obviously lower. But I I wonder if they would have been higher had Anthony Richardson been the quarterback all year because you're going to run a different offense, and we just never really got to see that. The one thing that I liked about Pittman's game this year is that, yes, he was more of a, I guess you could call him a possession receiver, and that's what they asked him to do. But, Bill, you brought up those two plays, those run-after-the-catch plays. Pitt averaged 4.8 yards after the catch per reception, which was his second-highest total of his career and highest since his rookie year. So he was making those plays with the ball in his hands, getting those extra yards, turning some of those plays into explosives. That's an important aspect of his game that he also has in his toolbox that, again, is something we didn't really get to see, especially in 2022 when that offense was so condensed and really was not generating any explosives across the field. Yeah, I, I think he can do that at times, and I'm just turning this into right. uh, into a discussion. Right. right, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. This is just you know for for roundtable discussion. Uh, there's no doubt that Michael Pittman Jr. can do more of that, but I think he's going to make his money in the NFL being the player that we have consistently to this point seen him to be. I mean, yes, there's going to be way more deep shots for Pittman and everybody else within this offense next year. 
with Anthony Richardson compared to Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Absolutely. But the RPO game, I still think, is going to be a heavy part of this offense yes. next year. Right? right. It was a heavy part of the offense in Philly. It was very prevalent last year with Gardner Minshew. So I think this offense needs both to kind of bring it home full circle. They need dependable intermediate catches between the numbers, which is what they're getting consistently from Michael Pittman Jr., but obviously more explosiveness on the outside. I mean, last year uh, they had Pittman's contributions and still scored about 20 points per game and ranked 10th in scoring doing it. Chris Ballard, again, talked pretty exclusively at the end of the season at his press conference, we have to be more explosive. And I think adding more weapons within this, within this offense to be able to do both, to get high leverage clutch catches from Michael Pittman Jr. and uh, some more efficiency in terms of scoring points from the offense, that's that's what they have to target and marry those two things together here in the offseason. Well, and the other part about that is in 2021, going back that far, Pittman was targeted, 15.3% of his targets were 20 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, which was not, that's not near the top of the league, but it was right around Devontae Adams and DJ Moore. It's certainly more than what we saw last this year. year yes. yeah, yeah, last year, he was at 8.7%. Wow. The three players below him are Dalton Schultz, Darren Waller, and Cole Komet, tight ends. Mm-hmm. So that just gives you a picture of how he was used. But he, I, I think he has that in his toolbox. We just haven't seen the offense be tailored more to it in years past. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what Pitt did last year and actually the year before last, he ran a lot of shallow routes, a lot right. of routes coming underneath, mm-hmm. a lot of routes that were short in the middle, as you said, Mayte. And what they're trying to do is get the ball to Pitt, of course, in that tight situation, but also let Pitt use his running ability. Mm-hmm. Pitt does a good job of running with the ball was after like the catch. Eleventh and yak last year. Yeah, something, something like, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he has to you know he does a good job of running with the ball and holding on to the ball um, once he gets it. So that's something you like to do: get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly, get to your playmakers, and let them do something special with it. Yeah. And Pitt has done that in the past. All right, let's double back to uh, what we talked about at the top here: the franchise tag. The franchise tag. Could be applied to Michael Pittman Jr. on March 5th. That's the deadline. The tag would guarantee Pittman place for the Colts next year in 2024 on a projected. Now, keep that in mind. It's projected around $21 million, I think, uh, more concretely, 21.7 uh, salary-wise, according to over the cap. And then, of course, the Colts can uh, still work towards a long-term deal with Michael Pittman Jr., even if he is tagged by March 5th. Uh, as you said, J.J., the Colts, they haven't uh, been in a position to use their franchise tag in over a decade. What are the odds that this could be in play for the Colts and Michael Pittman Jr.? You know, Pitt talked uh, in his end-of-the-year press conference that he understands the franchise tag as a tool, that it exists, it's it's in the collective bargaining agreement, and but he, he did say it's a tool that can get you a contract extension. I think that's probably about the most um, kind of level-headed view of the franchise tag that you'll get from a player. Obviously, play. I mean, players don't like it because it takes them off the open market. But I think if you view it as a, a step to getting an extension, that is probably, that's probably the right way to look at it. Um, last year, there wasn't a wide receiver tagged. This is 2023. But 2022, we saw Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin both get the tag. Year before that, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin again got the tagged. I got the tag. Um, but for the most part, you know, when you see wide receivers get tagged, 
they do wind up signing extensions. Godwin is sort of an exception there, mm-hmm. and then he got tagged two years in a row, and then he signed an extension. Devontae Adams got tagged, then he got traded. Um, but just kind of going back through, you know, through history here, usually, you know, players who get the tag will wind up getting extended if, you know, you're at kind of that level of Pittman. But it doesn't mean that anything's going to get necessarily done. Um but it is something that I think he's aware of that obviously the Colts are aware of. And like you said, Mate, the Colts haven't had a player to use the tag on because they have, for the most part, got these deals done prior to even a season starting. Quentin Nelson, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, Shaquille Leonard, right. Braden Smith, all those guys got extensions done uh, either prior to a season or early in a season. And yeah. That necessi- that didn't necessitate them even getting to this point with the tag. Of course. No, and, and and Bill, the truth about this is, and you follow this position, you know, with this team for a long time, the Colts haven't been in a position to re-sign a wide receiver in quite some time, a guy that's made a big difference for them within this offense. Exactly. I mean, you have to go way back and um, probably back to what, Marvin and yeah. Reggie and, and those guys back then. But, you know, what? If, if, if they can find a way to get – pit back and sign him or possibly use a tag that you might have to because if you think about it as we talked about Pitt earlier being young being dependable being consistent uh, putting up the numbers being someone that they can use to put around Anthony Richardson to help him develop yep you know if he gets on the free market you know it's, do you really want to take that chance and saying that you know what hey someone's yeah. willing to pay him that much money and you don't have to right. either match it or you know what then after that you have to go out and find someone right that can uh, replace Pitt out there it's on the football field. a lot of production. Field. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of production out there that you have to find to replace. So I think it's a possibility, a high possibility, that they could do it unless they can work out something beforehand. And mm-hmm. um, if they can get that done and then work something out and then hopefully maybe, right. as J.J. said, get an extension down the road and, and everyone would be happy and we can move f- forward from there. All right. A lot of food for thought right there regarding Michael Pittman Jr. on our first installment of the Free Agency Preview Podcast. J.J. Stangovitz, Bill Brooks, as we said, coming up later this week, we'll put the spotlight on Gardner Minshew and Zach Moss. And then in future weeks, we'll discuss Kenny Moore, Grover Stewart and Julian Blackman, among others. And uh, the Colts have some big decisions to make. We'll weigh everything here on the football scales on the Free Agency Preview Podcast. So, uh, fellas, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll do it again soon, re-racking these conversations and these topics regarding some heavy hitters within the Colts in their uh, free agency class heading into March 13th and the start of the new league year. Again, for J.J., Bill Brooks, I'm Matt Taylor here on the Free Agent Preview Podcast on the Colts Audio Network and Colts.com. So long. So long.